Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Malouf. Hey Matt, how's it going? Hey Bob, I'm, I'm well, and yourself? I'm really good, thank you, really good. I'm, you know, as we're about to talk about today, I'm in the throes of motherhood, so uh, it's been a lovely journey, but uh, obviously a challenging one in terms of running your business and setting things up so you can do podcast recording like this, etc. <laughs> so a unique experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Which brings me on to today's show. So obviously we're going to talk about how to fire yourself from any business, I guess. Um, and what we're going to focus on, guys, for the, for the listeners, we're going to focus on actually my experience of having a baby. Um, because, you know, when, as a woman, when you're pregnant, you've got this kind of deadline looming that, um, doesn't move and it's not going to change. In fact, it might even move closer. So you become, you're under a lot of pressure all of a sudden to fire yourself from your business if you're running your own business. But as Matt and I were talking about earlier before the show, this would apply to any sort of life event, or if you just want to, um, you want to work more on your business or have a business that runs itself, uh, with a team. So it really doesn't matter if you're not pregnant or if you're a guy uh, or if you've got a wife having 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 a baby, I guess. And um, this can apply to anything. I mean, Matt, you've done this in a couple of businesses too, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I have. Yes. And 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 just to add to what Barbara was saying, um, if you really want to enhance and grow your business faster, um, what we're going to talk about today is essential to, to, to fast growing businesses. Yeah. So although we're talking about like, and I'm really going to focus on, you know, my experience of doing this because the trigger for me was pregnancy, but the trigger for you could be something. It doesn't matter what your trigger is, what your reason is, but the steps that I'm going to talk to you about here would apply to anybody. Um, but I guess there'd be a few women with their ears pricked up all of a sudden wondering how they can get their business to actually grow bigger rather than grow smaller while they have a baby. That's, that's the key thing here. So I guess to kick off, um, you know, what I would say is, you know, but you were asking me sort of what, what's the key points I want to cover here. Well, I think the first one definitely, you know, this, this, so I'm going to focus on the women thing, I guess, but I see a lot of women, um, you know, when they decide they want to have a baby or they find out they're pregnant, they start to contract rather than expand in terms of business. Now, this can be in their corporate career or in running their own business or whatever they're doing. But what I would say is the first thing uh, you have to achieve here is to think in an expansionary mode rather than a contraction mode because fear makes you contract. And as a business owner, you start to think, well, if I start to kind of close it down a bit, so that it's safe to take time off and nobody's going to need me, well, then you're just going to contract your income and your business can stall. Whereas if you think expansionary and you think, well, how could I grow my, continue to grow my business and hit my goals without me being there? That's a mindset shift that you absolutely have to get into and you've got to get into it pretty quickly. So you're the king of mindset, Matt, so I'm sure you've got a point to make here. <laughs> I do. Well, I've got I actually got a question. So um, when you found out that you were pregnant, Barbara, mm -hmm. um, was it easy for you to have that expansion mindset or did fear come up for you? 
No, but I would naturally have my my personality type is more the expansionary. So all I was thinking was I did have fear, but my fear was this. My fear was, oh, my God, if I don't grow this thing bigger and make more money and have it pumping more, I'm going to have so much stress and chaos when this baby arrives. So I knew that for me, the fear was that I wouldn't grow it bigger and I wouldn't delegate enough and that I wouldn't have enough. You know, I wouldn't do the things that I was trying to do. Um, There was never a question for me that going smaller was the right way to go or the safer way to go. And I love that mindset, the, 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 the fear of if I don't grow it bigger, it's actually going to be more stressful. Yeah, because if you have a business even if you try and you try and close it down a bit i think that would be more stressful because it's still a business you can't just walk away from unless you close it completely and then you've got to start all over again when you're exhausted with with motherhood so you know definitely for me it's you know you have to think in an expansionary mode straight away how can i get bigger and to add to that is that when you grow your business, there's more free cash flow to invest back into good people. Whereas if you contract it, you normally have to get rid of the good people in order to afford uh, the business to continue. And so I think it's a, it's a really important point that Barbara makes. And I think all the listeners should really to hone in on this is that expanding your business whilst in the short term may seem a little bit more stressful in the long term is actually easier. And I think that, that's what holds mm-hmm. a lot of people back. And look, you know, if you do go contractionary, the issue is you may think, oh, well, I'll just do that for a few months. The reality is with anything, having to going small and trying to start up again, oh, God, man, that is very tiring. I mean, I really wouldn't want to, I wouldn't recommend anybody go that route, regardless of what you're trying to do. Even if you want to take six months off and travel the world, plan it and go bigger before you go small and don't go smaller. Excellent. So Key point number one. And what was next, Bob? Um, so number two, the next thing for me was, you know, now it was a little bit different for me because I had already, I was planning pregnancy. So I wasn't just, I just didn't wake up one morning and find out accidentally I was pregnant. So I had a bit more time. But my second point is you've got to strategically plan for this. So um, if you're planning to have a baby or whatever you're planning to do, um, or if you just find out that you're pregnant, right, and that, you know, you have to immediately go into strategy mode. You cannot bury your head. You've got to plan this thing. It's going to take you, I mean, look, I would say six months. It's going to take you six months to do this. You could do it in three if you were very onto it. But, you know, if I take the pregnancy experience, I probably could have done it in three months. Um, But I was quite tired and I was, you know, the sickness and stuff in pregnancy. There's all these other challenges that you face. So I went heavily into strategy mode. Um, I looked at my business from... Uh, all the different angles of like, you know, who, what are the different areas that need to be covered? And I focused heavily on the stuff that I was doing first. And I thought to myself, how do I take myself slowly out of every single process? And then the final one for me was sales because I was doing sales, as you know. So I, I planned the exit from the smallest process first and then right up to where I was exiting from the sales process about three months before the baby was due. Because what happens if the baby comes early? <laughs> you, you know, you need to plan this. You can't plan for this to work the day before the due date. Because if that happens, like, and your baby comes six weeks early, um, you're in worlds of pain. So you need to pretend that it's six weeks beforehand or two months or whatever. It's interesting, too. Um, in, in the stop doing list system that, that, I, sh- that I teach, um, when you it's you've got to shave off those easy tasks, and what that does is it builds your team's confidence 
but it builds your confidence in delegating also. So you can, you, you um, often I think what happens in delegation and letting go is that number one, we do it too fast. But number two is we don't have the right mindset associated with that. So what happens is we, we, we start delegating and, and oftentimes we actually abdicate rather than delegate. And what that leads to is the tasks or projects or areas of the business boomeranging back to you and it keeps coming back. And, and then we hear those uh, words in our, um, we might say them out loud, but often in our head, um, um, it's easier if I do it. Um, I'll never find somebody that can do it as good as I can, etc., uh, etc. Et and so I like, you, you, you got very clear on, on all the aspects of the business that you're involved with, Barbara. And then you started with the smallest, working up to, the, the the big that big rock yeah. and it's 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 part of your what you're excellent at and your genius is that selling process and so but you gave yourself enough time and I remember having discussions with you about this as you were going through and you were saying my goal is to have every aspect of the business delegated and then somebody else doing it with three months prior to to the baby's birth uh, due date. And, um, and I think, I think from memory, uh, you're about a week, a week off that. Uh, well, I was just thinking, as you were saying that I probably blew that blew out to about a month. Uh, I was probably a month late, but that's okay. Cause it was still two months before. Now I wasn't sitting up doing nothing in the two months. Then I still had loads of work to do right up until I sort of, I had about a week, it was about a week before she was born. I kind of managed to wind down, but it was more tidying up other stuff. So um, the strategic planning thing, I think when you were talking there, Matt, I was thinking it would be very easy during this second step to just think, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. I'm just I'm just going to I'm just and go run back to the fear thing again and go. I'm just going to contract rather than expand. Um, you know, each of your processes, you start with the easiest one and you have to say to yourself, I would even hang this on your computer. How can I remove myself from this process? And start with the, the little one and just move strategically through each one. And that brings me to point number three. Um, your, you ha- and we talk about this is irrelevant. The pregnancy is irrelevant really in this one. It suits everyone. Go back through all your processes. And I had to redo, even though I'm great at processes, I had to redefine them. And I had to redefine them without me. I had to um, confide in my team. There were a couple of people on my team that I told them quite early that I was pregnant. And it wasn't to put pressure on them because you can't do that. I said to them, I'm pregnant. I'm going to go through this process. And I just need you to help me to get this right. But we're going to work on it together. So the third point basically, though, is that you there is a period where the handover of the process fully and the extraction of you, there will probably be mistakes. There'll be misunderstandings. I had one of my most experienced people on my team mess something up because it was a mis- slight misunderstanding in the process. And when I looked at it, I thought, well, obviously, yeah, I see, I see where she was going with that. Um, so there's a, there's a period of time where you have to let them do it and then watch for the mistakes and communicate each week, each day in your little huddles, your daily or weekly huddle meeting um, to evolve the process because it's probably not a clean one. It needs to be very clean and very clear. And I think to add to to um, your point here, Bob, um, I think it, you gave yourself enough time to, to do, do that. to do this. So because because you got onto it straight away and you had the that you had the plan, you'd done the strategic plan. You'd given yourself enough time 
to allow others to start taking over the tasks, in which case you are around um, yep. you are around to refine, to pick up let, the mistakes and, and train let them. Let them make mistakes and don't go wild at them and be like, I'm pregnant, you're putting me under pressure. You know, like don't lose it. I mean, I did lose it a few times, but it wasn't really at that particular, you can't lose it in this particular thing. Um, you know, I just actually, something just came into my head there. I remember listening to a podcast with Evan Pagan once. Now, what it was about marketing, so it wasn't about this topic, but he said something like, stop expecting marketing to work because the majority of time it won't. But when you hit on the thing that works, then you'll explode, right? So everything will explode for you. It's the same with this. Stop expecting it to work on day one. Expect it to fail. Expect your processes to have holes in them and watch out for them. Expect them to be inefficient and then work together with your team to refine them and get feedback from your team on the holes they see in the process uh, or the difficulties they have with their process. So, so my third point is kind of this evolution of process thing. Uh, allow time for mistakes and refining the process. Absolutely. So I guess the fourth point I would make, and this took a while. Like, so, you know, I, I'm talking, I mean, by the time I did those first three things, I mean, you're talking three, four, five months there. Yep. Of stuff. So, um, yeah, you need at least three, four, five months for this. Um, so then after that, the fourth point uh, I would make would be, so you've got to refine your processes. Um, you need to empower your team to take it over, right? So you, there, there needs to be a handover time where you say, okay, now you're going to do this and I'm going to support your decision making when there's decisions involved where it's not like some processes have decision making involved and you have to start saying, I'm going to start supporting your ability to make a decision here because they may make this different decisions to you, Absolutely. which could be a problem for you. So, for example, I'll give an example with, with Virtual Angel Hub. One of the areas that I was most worried about was that. Sometimes when we have a problem, let's say a customer is, is not happy or something, go, or like, a, you know, if something happens with a VA or there's a major problem that happens. Um, I, I, I used to step in. So with the major problems, thankfully, we didn't have many of them, but I would step in in those situations and I would jump on a call with the client. And I was thinking, well, I can't really do that anymore. How am I going to empower my team? And my team are all in the Philippines. How am I going to trust them and empower them to feel like they can get on a call with a client and be the face of the business and solve the problem with the client. And you know the very interesting thing that happened? You'll love this. We had way more success when I started taking myself out of that, that role because they were less emotional about it than I was. So I used to get quite emotional with the clients. I would probably give up too much. Um, you know, they were very personable and the clients loved them. They felt supported, but it was less emotional because it wasn't their business. So that was a very big learning for me. And, and I think um, just, just on this point here in, in supporting their decisions and the like, there was something you actually said um, before the show, which we haven't mentioned yet, which was your intention in all of this was to ensure that you could enjoy motherhood. Absolutely. I didn't want them to have to call me. I mean, they could. I said to them, you, if something major blows up, absolutely, you can call me, of course. But I wanted to, to let go. I wanted the business to keep growing, but I wanted to let go and enjoy motherhood. And, 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 and unless you support decision-making and teach them how yeah. to make decisions, allow them to observe your decisions, understand why you went this way instead of that way, but also, too, empowering them to step into their role, um, 
it'll always fall on your shoulders and you'll never, you'll never leverage. You'll never let go. You'll never have no. somebody else um, be able to replace aspects of the business that you do. Yeah. Um, I think, so then the, the sort of fifth one for me, the final one, there is a point, I mean, obviously having a baby, as I said, is kind of an immovable, it's something that's going to happen. But what I, I remember getting all the team together and we had many discussions like this through the six month period that I, that I spent doing this, but I got them all together and I was like, guys, you know, I'm so proud of you guys. And I really, I really feel supported and I hope you guys all feel like, you know, at this point you kind of know what you're doing. But what I said to them then was, I said, look, stuff is going to go wrong. You know, stuff's going to happen. You know, hopefully nothing major happens. But if we do have a major scenario and I'm in hospital, for example, and you can't call me, you guys need to know that you're capable of dealing with it. And what you have to do is come together and support each other, have a little huddle together and discuss what you think you should do. And I will support whatever happens and whatever decisions you guys make, regardless of whether it was a disaster or you've got this, you know, and I will support whatever you decide to do. And I gave them the confidence to say, I'm not going to come back and go, why did you do it that way? I told you not to do that. Like I wasn't going to come back and go mad. I was going to come back and go, okay, I see why you made that decision. And look, you had to do, you did what you had to do at the time. And, and, I, and, and so if we just read between the lines here, listeners, a couple of things. Number one is um, belief having the belief in your people, but expressing that you believe in them. And the only way you can do that is by ensuring you have the right people on your team. Um, I don't, Bob, would you agree with me that if you didn't have the right people in the right seats, that conversation at that time would have been a lot more challenging. Definitely. And there was one person on the team, I'll be honest, that was sort of hit and miss. And I, I mean, this is a different conversation, but I probably left that person in place for too long, etc. But it worked out fine while I was away. But that person is now lo no longer on the team, put it that way. And nothing went wrong. It just became very apparent to me that I couldn't really trust that that person would keep the ship moving. They were hit and miss with the, with the work and their KPIs were always off. So I always had this in the back of my head that I was a bit fearful and I probably should have let that person go at the beginning of this process. And 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 to, and then your your second point was support their decisions, and, you, and you've said that a number of times. And it's so important because yeah. um, if they're fearful of making a decision because they're they're they're, they're fearing you're going to you know um, ye you know well yell at them or uh, reprimand them or they're not you know it may not be what you did, they'll never make a decision, and hence they can't take yeah. over. But I think also, too, one thing in this letting go, uh, and you mentioned it in your point three, and, and, and I know this firsthand, is that your business has amazing systems and processes. And so that enables your people to make decisions and, and, and believe in themselves because for the majority of circumstances, there's a system process or, or a reference point for them to go to to, to find the answers. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, and what I realized in this pro in doing this actually was that, yes, I had a lot of processes already and they were very good. I mean, they were watertight, all that. But I was still kind of in there on a lot of them. And I thought, wow, I'm sort of still finger in the pie of everything in this business. And having a baby for me really highlighted that, that if you're in the business every day, it's too easy to be part of everything. 
So sometimes, you know, go on a trip for four months and head off around the world or something and set your business up to run while you're away and see how much your finger is in everything. And I basically took my fingers out of everything through this process. Um, and on the decision making, I want to just make a key point here. It's, it's key to allow them to start making the decisions way before they need to. So like, the, don't do this the day before the baby comes right now. Hey, now off you go make decisions. So I allowed them to start making decisions from like, I don't know, like probably five months before so that I could say, um, you know, I'd say, oh, so what did you do there? And they'd say, well, I did this and because of this. And I would say, well, you know, in my experience, because I know the client mindset, right, very deeply in our in my business, the client mindset is key. And I was doing the sales calls. So I kind of typically knew the type of people that were coming in and I knew what was going on. And I'd say, well, this person is probably thinking this and they go, oh, you know, so it took me months to kind of teach them how to think like the client. But by doing that every day, I'd, and they'd go, oh, I see what you mean. And I'd say, you see, she was probably thinking, as you said, X, what's going through her head is Y. And that was pivotal to them being able to make confident decisions later because they felt that they it just they just felt that they understood the mindset of the client. Now, this is very specific to my particular business. But now today, I mean, I'm back on deck now and I don't do any of this. I, I didn't go back. I, I you know, now I, all I work on is this podcast a little bit of marketing. I don't even do sales. I still kept my sales guy because um, he was doing such a good job. Now, just on the sales point, though, um, those of you out there who are have sales as part of their business, handing over sales is tricky because if you do it yourself. Um, you need a sales script. I'll say it very slowly. It took me about two months to write the sales script. Painstaking. I hated doing it, but it worked a dream because he got an opportunity to speak all the points were covered. He knew what to say. All that sort of thing was was clear. So it worked really well for us. Fantastic. And 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 a way to um uh, to even potentially fast track that is to get some recording on your calls and actually uh, get them transcribed. And you'll actually see the 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 common common things you're saying. And then you'll be able to piece your script together. But I think in, in, you know, to Bob's point, you've got to take the time. To, to actually work on the most important pieces and get clear on where where could this process or where could this function of the business fall down? Where is it Where is it that I'm propping it up? Where are the things that I'm constantly having to, what are the fires I've got to constantly put out or the conversations I'm constantly having? And then get clear on how you can script that, systemize that, train that. I think it's, it's critically yeah. important. You know, I was thinking as you were talking there, Matt, you know, like this was a six month process for me. Now I'm good at systems and processes and I'm very good at delegation. And this still took me six months, even though I had a business already that was quite well oiled. It took me six months to create this. Now, then the baby came and I'm thinking to myself, if you're a business owner listening to this and you're thinking, I would love a more lifestyle type business, or I would love to be able to work more on my business and do write books and do all that stuff, right? Whatever it is that you're trying to do, sit down and say to yourself, okay, over the next six months, even 12 months, I'm going to focus my entire attention on my operations. My business, the operations of your business is huge, right? And it, when you nail the operations in the back end, you can go marketing all day, all day, all day, and you know that the back end of your, your, your business can cope with whatever's coming through the door. 
So that means you can scale it. So it doesn't matter about the baby thing. This was my experience was having a baby. But the result of me having a baby is I have a scalable business and we're now about to scale this massively because it's ready. Yes. I don't think I would have been. I think if the baby, if Ruby hadn't come along, even me who's good at this stuff, I still think it would have taken longer because I would have dithered with things, you know. So so a, a, a little thing, a little um a little thing I've done with some clients in the past, which can be helpful to all of you, is to write your termination letter to yourself on your current role in the business and set a date on when you're going to terminate yourself. And that's the, the beauty uh, about uh, what Barbara had here was it was a definitive date in which mm-hmm. all of this had to be done. Otherwise, you can be in your business one, two, three, five years, still be doing the same things telling yourself, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Because everything we're talking about is important and not urgent until either something goes wrong or until you have a definitive deadline. And so create that definitive deadline for yourself. And believe me, it's amazing. I'm, I'm happy for you to write, the, uh, uh, email me your letter and I will post it to you, terminating <laughs> you from your position in your business. And I have done that before. Because otherwise, you don't you don't do it. And, that's and, a great idea. <laughs> and effectively, that's what what you what you what was forced upon you, um, which which is exciting. I'm actually very very jealous. Um, yeah, you know, I I was thinking actually as well. You know, funny thing ha- did a sort of a side thing happened from this whole process that I didn't even think about. My key people are way more engaged and excited about this business than they ever were before because they took ownership of it. <laughs> like I didn't anticipate that being an outcome, but that has been a huge outcome for me. And they're now having, there's stuff going on. Sometimes I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we just had this meeting and we've created this whole thing that we want to do. And I'm thinking, wow, I used to have to drive all that, but I don't do that anymore. And that was a side benefit that happened. And a part of this um, goes to um, um, part of what Tony Robbins teaches about his six human needs. And uh, what you're you're fulfilling their need for growth and contribution beyond themselves. So the fact that they're connected, they're aligned to you and the company, uh, and they've been given the opportunity to grow uh, and contribute beyond themselves uh, will lead to a more fulfilling role that they have for themselves in the business. Yeah, it totally. And that, that surprised me a lot. And it, it lit me up, actually, because I was like, wow, I've seen them shine. They've just emer- emerged from task. Not they were never task tickers, but you know, I suppose there was a lot of that. But they've they, they're I've developed their strategic thinking by accident, <laughs> which is amazing for me. So uh, yeah, it really yeah, it's worth it's worth it. I mean, I just can't stress enough how worth it it is to put that work in, even if it takes you twelve months. But don't let it go on longer than that, because otherwise you're just dragging it on. It's a six month project, is my honest view. I agree, hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. So you'll have to go and have a baby, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three little babies at home. I know. And, uh, so, uh, but, but look, um, I think what Barbara's shared today is just, uh, it's so important. And I think that um, if you take nothing else from this show, I just want to reiterate Barbara's first point, which was to expand your mindset. And you've got to actually... Not, con- not be thinking about contracting your business, but expanding it, knowing that that will actually be less stressful in the long run than contracting. 
um, and then and then follow the process that the the other um, four steps the strategic planning redefining processes um, um, getting clear on um, what was I'm just trying to I, can't I think four, four was um, you know allow for handing over empowering, the decision empowering Empower. them to take decisions and then letting go and mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know it's having the faith and belief in the in your people uh, and remembering that you you choose the people that you put on your team and so if you choose well and you invest time and money into into them um, and and also believing in them um, it will make a huge difference and you can achieve exactly what Barbara's achieved yeah hundred percent. It's something I'm going to talk more about, um, especially in the women's sort of space in the next year. So I really feel passionately that, you know, I know a lot of women and this is a generalization, but they tend to contract rather than expand in this particular situation of pregnancy. It's a natural fear, I guess, because you want to protect yourself, but actually you're, you're setting yourself up. There's ri- you're putting risk in, onto yourself a lot by doing that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Great. Um, so th- this was such a close show to my heart. I really wanted to do this one. So uh, thanks, Matt, for facilitating the, oh, the discussion on this. No worries. And thank you for sharing. And uh, if you found this useful, uh, we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, please share the show with others. And and, and also uh, write to us um, on the Virtual Success uh, Show Facebook group and, and let us know your thoughts and maybe even share some of your own experiences around, um, you know, what you've done with your business um, if you've fallen pregnant or if you've leveraged yourself out of the business in a very short period of time. Um, and, and I'd love to say thanks to Barbara for, for being so open and sharing uh, your own experience with us. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't all it wasn't all highs. There was a couple of lows, but you know you expect that too. I guess that's that's part of it. Except the lows. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, See you everyone. Next time. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.